and go to the book of Psalms. I'm sorry, it's a waste of a perfectly good um, P, and I just don't want to, you know what I mean? This is a, Psalms 22 is a chapter, it's just a chapter of thanksgiving to the Lord. And I ask you to open it, not necessarily because we're going to read through it this morning, but just so you can maybe make a note and go back. But the very first thing that is, opens with there is, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. Which is funny because the, the question would be, that I have anyway, is, you know, why? Why is it a good thing to give thanks to the Lord? It's, and I say that because we pretty much, I would, I don't know about you, but I kind of take that for granted. Well, of course you give thanks to the Lord. That's what you do for the first three thong, songs on a Sunday morning. Thongs. <laughs> Talking about the shoes. The first three songs on a Sunday morning. <clears throat> I did barbed wire for like hours yesterday, so I'm a little punchy this morning. It could be a fun one. <laughs> to give thanks to the Lord... And the question of why is it good, it's, it's funny because science is, is obviously a lot of times just catching up to the Lord. But I don't know if you saw this in the New York Times this week. But it says that, and of course they're writing this because it's Thanksgiving and they're supposed to write a Thanksgiving article. And so they did the, you know. But what was interesting to me was that what they're showing was that giving thanks, that being uh, thankful it says that uh, it was recently become the favorite feast of psychologists studying the consequences of giving thanks. Consequences. Cultivating an attitude of gratitude, in quotation marks, has been linked to better health, sounder sleep, less anxiety and depression, higher long-term satisfaction with life, and married people, kinder behavior towards others, including your romantic partners. Now, what they had scientists get together and psychologists get together to figure out was what God had told us a long, long time ago, and that is that it is a good thing to give thanks. And if you're somebody this morning that feels a little bit of a pressure if you're feeling a little bit of a, a fear, if you will, and you know how that anxiety feels? If you've, if you've dealt with it before, you know it. It's, it it kind of eats at you. If, if you've got the insomnia, you know, I used to, especially when I was working in uh, my music business years, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I would, I'd roll over and I'd try not to, well, that didn't work. I'd try not to wake up too much because I knew if I did then I'd be up because my mind was just machine gunning thoughts the the tour wasn't over the I got to get this one this date filled or I got to get this figured out or this thing it was just this uh, pressure and this anxiety that would just overwhelm me to the point where I couldn't go to sleep and maybe you felt that it's almost like it eats you up inside or maybe you've got anger or or there's a fear thing that, that hits you with it and fear we're so funny as humans, and I don't know, maybe you don't do this, but the fear even of, like sometimes I don't even get out of the gate because I'm, so, I'm thinking ahead to, okay, that's going to be an awesome opportunity, but I've got to go, I've got to beat the traffic, I've got to go through this, and then what happens if I don't get home? And next thing you know, I've like talked myself out of it. Now once I'm there, I'm like in the zone, and it's awesome, but how many times does fear, just on a day-to-day basis, talk us out of doing something? 
Fear is that thing that whether it's the grand opportunities, sometimes married people, fear is what keeps you from reaching out to your spouse because you're like, well, I don't know, she's kind of mad. It's late. I want to, you know, husbands or wives, you know, I don't want to rock the boat, so I don't want to say. So you fear and you don't even say something that you really meant to say. Well, then there's anger, and then anger. So fear is the kind of thing that keeps you from starting something and doing something. Fear is that paralyzing thing, but then anger doesn't stop you from doing it. It actually keeps you from stopping doing something that maybe you shouldn't do. Fear is what freezes you uh, in your tracks. Anger is what, it's like the governor is broken, and you just can't stop because you're so angry. But you know, the good news to that is that gratitude is the cure. It's the antidote for both of them. Like, Quite literally. And you might be thinking, duh. But how many of us, me included, spend our lives with not only with this understanding, but actually doing something about it? Because the idea that attitude is some, or gratitude is some attitude or a platitude, or a, it sounds nice, but giving thanks is actually like it's a verb. I'm doing something. There's a thing I'm doing when I'm giving thanks. And the biggest question would be, well, giving thanks to who? Because if I'm just floating around trying to be grateful, that doesn't work. There's a corresponding action with it that if I am being grateful, being thankful, that it absolutely is an antidote. And it's, look, it sounds so simple. And the, the beautiful thing is that it is. Because isn't that what our God is? Is simple. You go to a doctor and they'd love to medicate you out of it. You go to a shrink and they'd love to talk you out of it. But you go to the scriptures and he just wants to love you out of it. To be able to say that I don't have to live this way. And the reason is, is I can be thankful. And again, psychologists, they spent tons of money figuring out what God just told us. We already know it's a good thing to give thanks. Because of what it does for you. Because it is the antidote against what wants to eat you up inside. You know, it happened to a guy named Herod. I don't know if you remember this story, but in Acts Chapter 12, you can make a note and go there later, somewhere around verse 20-ish. Herod has, uh, was a worldwide leader, respected by all the people around. He was a terrifying leader, but people would come together and cheer him on. And, and in that story, these two guys came from Tyre and Sidon. It would be like the equivalent of like Nashville and Alabama going to Washington and asking for a bailout asking for TARP, saying, we are, look, we're hosed, we have no money, we're in famine, and we need you to write us a check. And the way that they did it was they didn't go and ask him to give thanks to the Lord, whatever. They went in and said, hey, uh, you are like a god. Now, when the disciples were told, when Paul was said, hey, you're like a god, look at all these amazing things they did, they didn't say, well, that's a good point. I can put that on my business card. Totally awesome, dominate. Paul, it says, actually shredded his clothes and said, no, 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 we're just like you. Because Paul knew what Herod didn't know, and that's that when you start to receive that thanks for yourself, it says that he didn't give glory to God, and God smote him, and he was eaten with worms. Yuck. Sidebar. There's a, uh, a story that I swear is true. I know the guy. I, I know the guy, but I know the guy that, knows, that was there. He, he wasn't the guy, but you'll see in a minute why this is important. A guy named John Corson. He's a pastor up in... 
Oregon, he tells the story about when he was a kid and he was at camp, and all summer long, it was like a teenager, they had a little contest, so you could uh, lose weight, the fastest, whatever. Well, at the end of the summer, the kid that they get up there and they're gonna award the kid uh, with the prize, and he is like super skinny, like real thin, and I, and I swear this is true. He, and if not, you can email John at johncorson.com. He, the kid sneezes. Cover your ears if you've got a weak stomach. While he's being given the award, he sneezes, and he's like, oh. And he pulls out, and he keeps pulling, and keeps pulling. Those of you that have been overseas, you know that, well, this is, well, duh, this happens all the time. Keeps pulling, keeps pulling, and pulls out what turned out to be a, a tapeworm that was several feet long that had been living inside of him and got him. Now, that's one way to win the prize. I don't see that as the new Hollywood diet. But the, the worms inside of him, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. You're welcome. Ate him up inside, but that's, Herod's lesson was that by taking that for ourselves, there's a reason why God, it's not that he's a glory hog. It's not that he's got a Messiah complex. He is Messiah. It's that he knows that it short circuits us. There's a reason why when we give, listen, I'm going to tread onto some thin ice with you here, so enjoy this. When we give thanks to our politicians, when, and by giving thanks, sometimes it's because we're looking to them to solve the problem. Not only are we allowing our own lives to be eaten up, because, how, I mean, how has that worked out for us, literally, for the last few hundred years? For the last 20 years, for the last 10 years. And not only does it eat us up, but look what has happened. Every president for the past several in a row, they call it the second term slump, but it's happened to Clinton, it's happened to Bush, it's happened to Obama, happening right in front of our eyes right now where they are spiraling out, it's eating away at their poll numbers, it's eating away, because what we've done is look to them for hope. And what does that do when I'm looking to my government for hope? I am putting my hope in the wrong place that will disappoint me, that will always leave me behind. And this is the thin ice part. But I don't think we do it just in the present, but sometimes don't we do that about the past? I mean, we, the one side of the, 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 the aisle, they're, you know, they're thinking that the government is the solution, and here's if we just do it this way. But on the other side of the aisle, we look back to our history, and we're not thanking God for giving us America. We're thanking our founding fathers. We're thanking the Constitution. We're thanking, these are important documents. But we're thanking the wrong person. We're thanking, we're making an idol out of history. And if we put that on there, then what we become is just discouraged and depressed, but if eaten away at us, but if instead I'm saying, no, no, I'm not thanking my founding fathers, I'm thanking the Father, the Heavenly Father, because through Him, all blessings flow to me, so that I could be like Paul, who was under a human rights abusing, psychotic Roman emperor, and he can still say that I can give thanks in everything. Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything give thanks. He wrote that under Nero, these emperors that were murdering and killing. We can say that today. And here's what that does for me. I can relax. Because you know what? The reason our president is failing is because he's not Jesus. And if I put it on him to be that to me, of course it's going to eat him down and it's going to eat me down. And we are complicit in the worms of our own hearts eating away, and it didn't satisfy, it wasn't what he meant to satisfy, we can then look to our own heavenly Father and say, 
whether it's my guy or their guy or some other guy, it wasn't the guy to begin with, it's Jesus. And I can look to what's going on in Washington now, and, and believe me, it's maddening. But of course it is. Humans are in charge. We're all humans. There's a reason why when Jesus says he'll return that the government will be on his shoulders. Because we've screwed it up two ways from Tuesday. And I believe that we'll be able to look back over these thousands and thousands of years of human history and say, yeah, you know what, we tried it that way. That didn't work. We tried it this way. That didn't work. And we'll be able to look and say, but you know what, his way is the way. There'll be no more debating because we tried them all. And we can be thankful today that we get to look to a future. And unlike Herod, eating our hearts out, we can let the Lord come in and being thankful to the Father be an antidote to the fear to give credit where credit is due. To say to our Heavenly Father, if it weren't for you that our country wouldn't be here, but that's true of other countries, of Nepal, which we have a mission team in today, next door to India, next door, I mean, it's God is there, he's, it says that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and if I put my attention on that, instead of that the heart of the king is in my hand, I can rest a lot easier. And when I'm putting thanks onto a guy like that, to a president, to a senator, to whatever, it eats away at me. The Israelites made this mistake when they were in the desert. Do you remember what happened to them? God said, I'm going to provide for you manna. And I'm going to get it every day. And then a couple of the guys thought, now God told them don't do this, but they thought, I appreciate your enthusiasm, God, but I'm going to do this anyway. And they dug in, and they were, I'm going to keep this manna for me, this bread, this meal. And keep in mind, if you've been anywhere in the world that's not where there's a grocery store, there wasn't a grocery store in the desert. So they're thinking, if look, it's almost, you know how it is, if it snows, let me phrase it, if they think it's going to snow here, we clean out the shelves with bread and whatever. It's like, now what am I going to do with all this milk? It didn't even snow. Which is a fair question, even if it did snow, because I'm stocked. And in the desert, that's what they're doing. They're like shoving this stuff in, saying, but God said, I need you to be thankful to me that I'll do this every day. And they weren't thankful to him for it. They're like, it's not, you know, it's the, and this is, look, this has been my story a lot in my life, is if it's, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. You know, that's the bumper sticker that, that hasn't been made that should be. But that's the way that I live my life. And when I'm doing that, then what happened to the manna? It was eaten by worms. Right there in Exodus 19. They didn't give thanks to God for it. It was eaten by worms. When I put the thanks on a politician, I'm getting my heart eaten out that way. If I'm putting the thanks and the pressure back on me. Not that we don't play a part in it, but when I, at the end of the day, if I can say to him, no, thank you for today, for this bread. How did Jesus say, teach us to pray? Thank you thank today for my daily bread. Not for tomorrow's, but for my daily bread. And it's important because if I'm thanking me for it, patting me on the back for it, then I become anxiety and fear over, well, where, what if my job, what if the layoff happens? What if I don't? What if it goes out of business? The economy's in the toilet. What, what if, what if, what if, what if? And the what ifs of fear and anxiety, those worms are leaning on me. It's been slow this Christmas and the restaurant hasn't done well. It's the the store, we need more customers. We, and, and the anxiety, if you're feeling it that way, those worms that are eating away at you, I would suggest that it's a possibility that your antidote is to 
give thanks to the Lord for what you do have. And it sounds so like, overly simple, but what they're saying, that psychologists are saying, what God has said was that if you do that, it overcomes, it's impossible to be angry and thankful at the same time. It's impossible to be angry, to be fearful and grateful at the same time. So you get a choice to make and to choose it to say, I'm gonna to choose to be grateful and I'm gonna to choose to give thanks unlike the Israelites did, unlike they did with Herod, and maybe also unlike Jonah did. Do you remember the story of Jonah and the whale? But there's a moment where he's overlooking Nineveh and he's, look what I've done and I got it, you know, and then God, it says in Jonah 4, created this plant with this giant gourd, not in my head, but a gourd that overlooked and gave him shade. And that day he laid there, kicked back. I don't know if there's a hammock in my mind. There it was, there really should have been. He just got it made in the shade, under the shade of this gourd. He wasn't grateful. It says that he didn't give thanks to the Lord for it. And instead he's, I got it made in the shade. And that night a worm came. It says worms came and ate the plant and destroyed the gourd. And he woke up angry and bitter. For years, I thought if I can just get to this place. I don't know if you're familiar with that place, but the success thing. If I can just get... If I can just make 30,000 a year, then it's gonna be awesome. If I can just get this job, then everything will be figured out. If I can just get this, then it'll be. But what you learn every time you get there is that it's not enough. There's more that it's, the gourd wasn't enough. And because I'm not giving thanks in the moment of it to the God who gave it to me, the longer I live like that, the worms come and eat away at it. And you begin the quest of like, was this all there is? Seems to be somewhere in our men's clocks anywhere around 37. Now, generally there's a sports car involved or something, but where you're like, they call it a midlife crisis, but I think it's just the finality of the worm saying, there's this, this is it? This is what I've worked so hard for? And that, this is true of the very rich and of the very poor. That if you're not thankful to God, that ultimately it'll never satisfy it's gravy, and it's not that it's wrong to have a, a nice thing or a nice car or a nice house, but when I'm not giving thanks to the Lord, then I don't enjoy it like I could or like I should. Because if it's a reminder that it's the Lord, then even if I get it and it goes away tomorrow, who cares because it was God who gave it to me and it was Jesus that was the prize to begin with, I get 80 years this side of heaven and I get to the heaven and I'm a million years in, do you think I care if I lost my job? It hurts now, but if I'm thankful to the Lord, it allows me to carry through to the other side of it, to fight the anxiety, to fight the depression, to fight the fear. Because what happens, it was as terrifying, is when you get into that spiral, it then feeds on itself. Those worms just keep going. Tapeworm keeps growing because I can't get it out of my heart and then I'm literally, every job interview I go to, I'm not in great form. Every relationship I'm in, I'm not my true self and so the worm just keeps going in this thing until you put a stop to it and start the antidote and you can start today. You can start whether it's your job or whether it's the bed that you woke up in this morning. But we can start like what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians, that in everything we can give thanks. Last night I was, 
I had spent some time in the barn yesterday, which was um, awful. But it was dust everywhere, and I, you know, I went to bed. I just knew I'm going to wake up my neighbors, and they're five acres away. So I'm going to sleep upstairs in the back room and let my wife, you know, have God have mercy on her tonight, because I was going to literally snore like crazy. And I'm laying on the little, little single bed. It's like this long, and you know, it's like I'm kind of curled up in a fetal position, which at one point in your life is an awesome thing. But when you're 42, the fetal position loses a lot of its allure. And I'm and I'm kind of like, you know, like, you know how it is, the blanket's not quite big enough because it was for the kid, and like my feet are out, and I'm cold, and it's like, ah! But I had an opportunity last night to, to put this into practice and say, you know what? Sure beats sleeping in a tent in Africa, in the sleeping bag. Sure beats sleeping on the floor in Haiti where 90% of the kids that we were working with sleep. And so I had an opportunity to say, you know what? I can give thanks for this bed. And it works all the way down if you read. If you read Frankel's book, Man's Search for Meeting, Viktor Frankl, he talks about in, this, in the uh, concentration camps, that those that, he, he, he nails it down to this. He says that those that survived versus those that didn't was about whether they could be thankful and have gratitude no matter what was going on in their lives. He's like, I could, there was no other explanation because he, he was like a, a doctor. He's like, I had no business surviving because it wasn't that I was physically strong. It wasn't that, but I literally, it was those that could be thankful. And if you read Corey Ten Boom or any of these other books of those that have come out of that era, you'll see that that is a thing. And I will tell you that for us in our lives, we have a lot to be grateful for. And I'm, the tendency, the temptation is to say, thank you for this beautiful house. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my smoking hot wife. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Didn't break. Thankful for these, the big things and then forget to be thankful for the micro. We're focused on the macro. Forget the micro and not remembering that it's everything we can give thanks in. In the best circumstances and in the worst circumstances, there is something that you can say, no, God, thank you. Thank you that I'm at least in America and I have this medical thing and I have a doctor I can go to. In Haiti, they can say, hey, thank you, God, that I, I have this roof over my head that I'm not being rained on. And it literally goes all the way down. But if we can thank him for the little things, thank him for the big things. I don't know if I'm getting this across but it is the antidote to the anxiety, the antidote to the fear. And if you're living in that way at all right now, if you're being a jerk bunch to your wife, husbands, go home and start writing out what you're grateful for. I don't want to go all Oprah on you, <laughs> which is probably better. But they, this study that they did showed that even if you once a week, just once a week you write down five things that you're thankful for. That they measured it, that happiness is better, that anxiety is lesser, that you're nicer to your spouse, you're nicer to your kids. What if you did it every day? What if it became a part of the practice of your prayer in your life? You're the, I grew up charismatic, so when we got to pray, and we just said, well, I don't know what to say, so I'll just pray in tongues a whole lot, and I don't have to say anything. Maybe you did or did not do that. But there's a laziness to that that I can now say, okay, well, if I'm not going to do that, then what am I going to pray? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it talks about, you know, give us this day our daily bread. As we, and start with that prayer and the thankfulness of, 
of what he's done for you. Put your hand on your heart and feel it beat and feel the strength of it and realize that I can be thankful that right now that just did it again and again and again and again and again. I'm thankful for that because if that stopped, my wife, you know, gets to cash out the life insurance and move on. That was harsh. But you know what I mean? It was, if this stops and I'm like, I'm just, I just, it just does it every couple seconds. And it works. But I can be thankful in everything because that just did that again and again. And I'm thankful that, you know what, this is, I'm thankful that we have life insurance. I'm thankful that my wife would be taken care of. There's literally in the biggest and the smallest things to cure your worms, to cure the anxiety, to cure the fear. And I'm going to leave you with this because not only do we get to be thankful and with the fruit of our lips in Hebrews 13, but in Psalm 22, There's this messianic prophecy where Jesus, it says that not only, it's not worms all around, but it's I am a worm. Jesus on the cross. And interesting, that word toloth there, in every other place in the Old Testament where the word worm is used, it's a different word, but this word is the word toloth. And that word toloth was a worm that was a red, more like a slug than a worm, this big, juicy fish bait worm. And the toloth worm did something different than any other worm. Still does to this day. When it's time for this worm to reproduce, the mama will crawl up onto a tree, onto a wooden tree, and attach herself to the tree, pin herself to the tree in a way that the only way she's coming off is if she's dead. And she will die. She attaches herself, she's bright red, and then basically she explodes. And this shell is created, this bright red shell. And as that happens, the tree is stained with red. And the babies are born white, but the, the, the stain of the worm, that's what makes them red. She passes it on to her children, covers them. And then after the children have survived by eating their mother, by eating off of the dead body, nourishing. That shell will eventually turn white and flake and fall off and the babies are free. Isaiah says that your sins, though they may be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. And the worms, the reason I don't have to let the worms eat me from the inside out, the anxiety, the fear, the anger, whatever it is that might be eaten at me, is not because I'm so smart, it was because of what Jesus did on the cross when he attached himself. He went up there willingly, nobody made him. And the only way he was coming off was not alive, but dead. And that blood that he shed by giving his own life is what covers me to this day. so that I can in everything give thanks because of what he did, just like the Toloth worm. And I would encourage you this morning that if you can't think of a single thing to be grateful for, start there. Start with the cross, start with what Jesus did. We're gonna have communion available on either side over here, I believe, somewhere in the back, the very back and right over here.
an opportunity today to be thankful. An opportunity today to say, you know what? My way hasn't been working really that great. And so maybe today I'm going to find something that I'm grateful for. Find five things, little or small, and thank the Lord for them. The God who gives all good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Thankful for that today. Start with the list, a journal. Maybe it's somebody that you really are thankful for. Write a letter out and then call them and read it to them over the phone or invite them to coffee and read it to them. But begin something. Don't do nothing but to begin to live in a way that is giving thanks. Not an attitude, not a platitude, but a way of life. And over time, as the days go on, this is the, when the Bible talks about being transformed, how is it transformed? By the renewing of our minds. And through a period of time, all those things that begin to be negative, and you go to the negative, and how you know how we do. I mean, I don't know how you do, but I know how I do. That place that I'm most comfortable in, I'll find a way to get there, whether it's a bad or a good or whatever. I'll find my way to that place. And I'm asking you today, I'm asking me today, I'm challenging all of us today to change the place, the where we go to, and to go to the place of, of gratitude. And the fear that is besetting you, the anxiety that is plaguing you, the insomnia that is wrecking you, to go to thankfulness. It cures insomnia. Don't count sheep, count blessings. If you wake up tonight and you can't go back to sleep, don't just talk, just, okay, God, I'm thankful. It worked, it worked last night. Thankful for this bed. I'm thankful that I'm on the ground. I'm thankful that nothing crawled across my face last night. I'm thankful the things that I'm thankful. We can all find it. And I would, as we're going to worship just a little while longer, start with the cross. But maybe take a note this morning in your little smartphone thing or your your old school phone thing. While we're worshiping today, write down, write them down, and give thanks to the Lord today. Because I don't care if your life is falling apart, your marriage, you're sick. Start with the thankfulness of what you have. And I look around this room and I look, I know some of you have gone through a lot this year. I know that some of you have had some lives that it's awful hard. Some big things and some bad things have happened. Things that I wish I had an explanation for and I just don't. But I know that I know that Job said that in the middle of his hell on earth that he could look to the future and say, but I know this, my Redeemer lives and he is coming for me, that there's a place that we're going. And so even if you can't get there to some, I'm thankful for the bed or thankful for the house, you can be thankful for your Redeemer this morning, that my Redeemer lives. Father, would you give us that this morning, that gift of thankfulness? And for those of us this morning, the, 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 the worms have been eating at us and tearing us up inside and working inside of us. Lord, today, begin to cure that antidote it to us, to give it inside of us, to chase them out as we give thanks to you for what you've done for us. God, I am thankful for conduit. I'm thankful for this thing that I'm consistently fascinated that you're so good to us. I'm thankful that you've allowed us and trusted us to do what you've done. I'm thankful for those brothers and sisters who have been part of our family. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you let me be a part of this, that you invited me.
God, today as we head back out into our lives, might we do it with a different, that there be a tap on our shoulder, a reminder of the toloth, of the red, of the blood, of what you've done for us, and that because of that, our Redeemer lives, and because of that, I can wake up and say, I am thankful in everything. It's in your name we pray. Amen.